0: Welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Pagenta. I'm a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner, and I am so glad you decided to join me today. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is a podcast for nurses and nurse practitioners that are wanting to understand what exactly their degrees can do for them. After the birth of my son, I had this aching desire to have more flexibility in my career choices, despite feeling like all the alphabet soup after my name didn't really afford me very many options. I launched the podcast to find the answers that I so desperately needed. I also knew I couldn't be the only nurse who felt this way. Does this sound like you? If so, come and hang out with me as I figure out what our nursing degrees can give us access to as far as career flexibility, control over our schedules, and entrepreneurship by talking with NPs and RNs who are doing exactly that. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. Dr. Nurse Podcast fam, welcome to another episode of the Dr. Nurse Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Melissa Pauline. She graduated from nursing school with her associate's degree in 2003. She worked in emergency medicine for 10 years before going back to get her BSN, which that just goes to show you, you don't need a BSN to get working as a nurse. And then she went back, finished her BSN in 2013, And then she got her first master's degree in adult geriatric primary care. And then she went back in 2017 and got her acute care post-master's. So she is working as a ICU intensivist or ICU nurse practitioner. And then on the side, she has her own Rejuvenate You Wellness Clinic, where she's doing IV hydration, drains, weight loss, aesthetics. She works part time at that, and she works full time. I don't know how. As an ICU NP, welcome Melissa to the podcast. Hey, Sandra, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to chat with you. And again, we were talking before the podcast. She is just. She's crushing it. She's literally just moving from space to, p- to space. She's got goals, she's got vision, and she's knocking them down. So, I can't wait to hear. So, Melissa, tell me a little bit about how you kind of see your role. I've briefly introduced you kind of what you're doing, but really explain what you're doing in the ICU setting and then what you're doing in your in your side hustle business. Okay. So,
1: in the ICU setting, I am considered ICU nurse practitioner or ICU intensivist, and what we do is from a group of us as a nurse practitioner, we run a 10-bed medical ICU unit. So that means we go from admitting the patients to providing this as far as putting in lines. So arterial lines, central lines, intubation, chest tubes, lumbar puncture. You name it, we do it. And we also, with multidisciplinary rounds, we also manage the patients, putting in ordering medications, figuring out what course we want to take when it comes to antibiotics, figuring out the social aspects of our clients, because I do work in a level one trauma center in an urban area. So we have a lot of social issues in regards to our patient population. So we do a lot of that with the help of our, we switch out attendings once a week, but pretty much we run the ICU.
0: Wow. Wow. So I've had one other acute care nurse practitioner on and that's pretty much what she said because the residents cycle through, Correct. the attending cycle through, but the NPs are there Monday through Friday and they know what's going on. And so the docs really rely on them heavily to carry the unit and let the, you know, kind of let the boss know what's going on. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me how to help problem solve, think through things. But you guys are the ones running running the show. Right. Is that is that kind of what you're describing? Yes,
1: we're a constant on the unit. I would say that we're like an island of our own. So we're not registered nurses, which means we're not following orders, but we're also not physicians. So you know we're not an MD. So we're like on a little nurse practitioner island of our own. So it's really hard when it comes to celebrating us, right? So do we fit into Nurses Week? But we're not. But bed- do we fit into Doctor Day? we're not physicians. so it's kind of like you know we're we're kind of like the in between between the two the two islands what we are what links we link the nursing bedside aspect and the md aspect to it cuz you know in order for us to be nurse practitioners we have to be bedside nurses to begin with so we can we can get acclimated and know what roles need to be played
0: Yeah. What I like too, is I'm kind of seeing this word picture. You guys are like a bridge, right? And unfortunately the bridge never gets recognized. You just walk across the bridge. Right. And so the people on the one side are just like the people on their side are like, and you're like, listen, you guys can't talk and get things done if it wasn't for us. Unfortunately I agree there isn't a great way to celebrate nurse practitioners and what we do in the different areas that we work in. So definitely can understand the, the, the kind of, disappointment that can be for sure so tell me a little bit about your side hustle as well because again, in the middle of rocking the ICU and keeping patients alive in the acute care setting, doing incredible procedures that, again, nurse practitioners can do within their appropriate scope. Tell me a little bit about what you decided to build on the side.
1: So because I am double board certified, so I can be in the office versus and also be in the hospital, I decided to open up Rejuvenate you Wellness Clinic. This was in May of 2020, so right in the heart of COVID. We realized that, you know, we need of the hospital because there's actually no room for them. So what other way to help them is through a wellness clinic. So we provide IV vitamins, so vitamin C, Myers cocktail, weight loss drips, athletic performance drips. So it's just a way of keeping clients hydrated without actually having to go to the emergency room. We also do like aesthetics. So we do ZMN for the fine line wrinkles. We do lip fillers. On the post-op side, do like seroma drainages for clients that have hyposuction and have like the fluid collection and can't get that massaged out. We remove drains for clients that are coming from out of the country that had like retux and stuff and they come back with the drain. Normally you can't just go to an urgent care or your doctor's office get those taken out because you know if they don't put it they don't want to take it out. And then removal so I do a little bit of a lot of things clinic so that I can be able to help keep my client out of the hospital.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your time split between the two. For someone that's like, okay, wait, how is she managing all this in, in the day? How do you kind of work out your schedule so you can keep up with both of these? Well,
1: in my in my office right now, we, I did have a medical assistant working with me who just recently quit. So right now I've juggled the two. So I do thirty six hours in the ICU. I'm also the team lead, so I'm in charge over there. So I do three days. So I normally do like Sunday, Monday, another day during the week. And then in my office, I'm normally here two or three days a week, but it's by appointment only. You can't just like walk in and think somebody here. So it's just, everything is by appointment only. And I try to kind of gauge it where I kind of front load everybody. So like, I'll have like my busy two days, Tuesdays and Thursdays where I put everybody in that on the, on the schedule for those two days. And then that way, you know, I still have, I'm a wife, I'm a mom of two. Like I still have you know, my responsibilities at home. So I still have to give them at least a day if-
0: Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. So how did you, so we know that you learned all your skills for your ICU work, through working as an RN, but then also going back for your your master's degree. Now, these other things that you're doing at your clinic, at your personal, you know, part-time job, how did you learn these skills? Like, is this something that you went to school for? You took a course? Like, how'd you learn? Well, you take
1: courses. So my best friend, she also does what I do, but she's like an hour and 20. away from where I'm located. So she started doing it first and then we took courses and learned how to do it. I was very interested in the IV vitamin therapy because June of 2020, I had weight loss surgery as we've done. And you know that when you have that done, like you don't process and digest your foods and your vitamins. I'm supposed to take, you know, calcium and magnesium and all that every day. But I realized when I took the class that I just can do a drink once a month and it's the same amount of Vitamins and fluids that I get every single day versus taking every single day. I do an IV every month to keep my vitamin levels. So we just take classes. You can take any type of course as long as you're depending on your the state that you're in. Some states are independent. In the state of Georgia, we're not independent. So I have a collaborating MD that I that I work. I don't work alongside, but he checks my charts every quarter to make sure that I'm doing everything that I need to do.
0: Yeah. So interesting. As you were, as you were talking about, you know, learning about the different courses, taking the different things and then doing it, what was the turnaround time between learning and then starting to implement these things in your own practice? How long did you
1: give Um, yourself? I would say I started taking the course maybe March. So March of 2020, I took a, I took the IV it's called IV Therapy Academy. I took their online course and it was like a self-paced type of course and I everything that I need to learn how to open up the business, how to do everything. And then I registered business name, May of 2020. And then I opened up the door September
0: 2020. Okay. So that wasn't long at all, like six months from taking the course to starting opening your Pretty doors. much.
1: Yeah. If you're,
0: it, if you're, if you're passionate about something and
1: you really want to get it done, like there should be no barriers Just be able to. see
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, too, I love about what you're describing and how you kind of got started with the idea is you solved your own problem. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So like a lot of entrepreneurs come on here and they're like, I noticed that this wasn't being solved. And so I just went and solved it. And so you had to kind of assess where to put your business, how wh- what would be the great location, what would be the structure of it? and one just get started you'll figure it out as you go but how did you kind of assess where to put the business when you were looking for a spot for someone that's like okay maybe i could do that where where do i even start with a business where do i even put it
1: so i mean the right answer to that question is market research right but as a nurse we they don't teach us any of that stuff they don't they. What I learned as a nurse when I graduated in 2003 was you need to start in med search and you need to turn your patient every two hours in orders, nurse, right? They yeah. don't teach you about being business-minded. They don't, they don't let you know that you can be an entrepreneur and, you know, these are the things that you can do to make that happen. So I just kind of had to figure it out myself. Of course, you know, it wasn't losses. It was lessons learned throughout this process. But I just know my area. I know what area, I know what kind of business I have. So I have a cash-based business, right? So they don't take insurance. So I, where do I need to settle myself? I need to be in a place where I know that their, like the household income is at a certain price point. Because then I know that, you know, this is not a, some people would say it's a necessity, but it's really not a necessity. Preventative care is something that you want to do. So it has to be with people that have disposable income to be able to pay for this type of treatment out of pocket.
0: Yeah, for exactly. So again, may, kind of looking at the area around where you're thinking about putting a business is a great way to start because it allows you to kind of go like I'm going to be able to to make money here. People have that disposable income and I'll be able to to have the clientele to meet what I'm when I'm servicing and what I'm offering. So tell me, what was one aspect of starting a business that was challenging? Because of your background as a nurse, kind of like what you said, I just, I, they don't teach us this stuff in school. And then one thing that you're like, this is easy because I was a nurse and this is an easy part of owning a business. Let
1: me see. The hardest part is all of it. All of it. Because <laughs> We, you know, you apply, they hire you, they give you all the paperwork, OSHA, HIPAA, privacy. You do all of it. You sign for days, you do the classes, you Go right? You don't care if the electricity is paid or not. Like it's a hospital. So it's gonna, every time you flick the light, it's going to turn on, right? So all of it was really, I just had to like really do my research and really learn the ins and out of the business. I mean, I'm sure for you, there's still things that I'm still working on that I need to like perfect, but I think a lot of it was hard. The one thing the when you asked me like what was not hard, client relations, customer service, right? And taking you're care with of people, people yeah. like, taking care of people. is like, 2nd I've been doing it for so long that that's not the problem marketing network. I mean, not marketing, but networking and talking to clients and telling them about your business. That is not hard. That's the easy part.
0: Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I wanted to take this time and remind you to check out the Success NP Etsy shop. It's a shop that I design with my best girlfriend, cute nurse practitioner gear, hats, bags, anything you could think of, as well as adorable digital products mom life stuff. So resources for nurses to come. We're just excited about our shop. It's another way to support the podcast and to get really cool gear. Check it out and be sure to tell your friends about the podcast as well as the Etsy shop if you'd like. And what I'm building here, any promotion, any sharing helps build my audience and I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the episode. I'm
1: running the business. Marketing is not as easy as people make it seem. Just like the financial back office. A lot of that stuff is just, it's just a lot. But you
0: learn as you go. Yeah. yeah. And with hiring your MA, I know you said you lost your MA. Are you looking to hire? Or have you been thinking of ways of making this more passive? So that you can kind of step away from the business and let the business kind of run itself, let that be a passive source of income, which again, nothing's ever really passive. That's one thing that I've been noticing as well through different conversations is that, yes, money might be coming in, but you have to manage it. Anything that doesn't get managed, you can't measure, you can't determine, is it growing? You have to measure and you have to manage passive income, period. But is there an attempt that you're trying to make to keep, to make this business more The,
1: the attempt is what I've learned is that people are like fickle. They'll start off and you'll hire them, teach them everything. And they're like, oh, this is not my thing. So I've dealt with that. So what I've learned is to kind of take a step back, reassess and reevaluate and see really where I'm trying to go. And where I'm trying to go is to have to be, to manage the back office and not necessarily be in the front office all the time. So I'm, I am will be looking to hire, like, an RN to be able to do the things that I can do, and then I could be in the back office and just manage it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good thought. Because if you can get someone to do a certain amount of it, even if you offload a portion of it, certain amount of visits that are ongoing, you've got visits in between that you can then get in the back, do that work, come out, do a patient. She's done two or three you're going to be making more money and you're not doing all the work necessarily by yourself, of course, offsetting her salary, but the more productive she is, the more money she makes. I mean, make that an incentive if you, if you, if you, hire someone. So yeah, that's really, really good. So for an inspire an aspiring entrepreneur, that's like, I really want to, I really want to get into this. What is something that you would tell her that she needs to do to get started, him or her? You need to do this. And if you want to get started with a business idea, uh,
1: I think what I would tell, her would be just to figure out what your goals are in life because I'm like if you're if you can anybody can take a class anybody can take a course you can teach anybody anything right but like they like the good old saying said you can take you can take a horse to water but you can't make them drink it and that's what I've learned everybody you know they'll get on social media oh this looks so cool and I want to do this and I want to do that and then it's horses but don't execute but mm-hmm. what i would tell people to do is like if you're going to put your money out there put your money where your mouth is if you're going to put your money out there and take a course then you need to at least execute because you can never say that you never accomplish anything without trying you have to try you know this is not a hard business to get into vitamin therapy won't make you like a millionaire but you just have to know in your surrounding area what you can add on to that in order to build and expand so like for me in my area Started with IV vitamin therapy and quickly realized that my area they have fine and wrinkles and they like fillers and Xermin and Botox and all that. So then I, I took a class and I added that to the business to start scaling and then you know to be able to kind of get revenue. So you just have to know what is in your area to be able to scale and build.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of going back to that market research and just kind of listening to what the clients need when they come in, right? And they start to tell you like, Hey, do you do this? And you're like, no, but I could. Right. Right? Why not? Right. Like, so that again is something that, you know, as I've been building my Etsy business and we've been kind of creating content, digital content, shirts, things like that. I've been pushing more towards like, I need to ask people what they need, what they want. Like, what is it that you guys want? What is it that you need so that I can then fill those gaps? Because if you, again, get in that mindset of I'm here as a gap, like to fill gaps to create solutions, then those solutions can end up turning into profitable side hustles, businesses, business ideas, and things that you can end up scaling, which is really, really great and so working in the i c u doing the part time side hustle business what would you, what would you be what would be one thing you would tell your younger self if you' could go back and tell you know Melissa, hey, you're starting off your career, this is something that you need to remember at the start of your career and carry it throughout your the rest of your career?
1: Anything is possible. Anything you put your mind to is possible. Had I known in 2003 that there's a possibility that I can leverage my nursing license to open up my own business, I would have done it a long time ago. I think you get, as a nurse, especially a young nurse, you get caught up, you get caught up with the income and you don't realize that you need to leverage the income in order to do bigger things. Because, I mean, I was young. I was 20 years old. I had just turned 20 when I became a registered nurse. So I was just like, I was all about working in the ER, making some money and going on vacation. That's what I really, did. and you see, it took me 10 years just to get my bachelor's. The reason why I got my bachelor's is because I was getting passed up on opportunities in men yeah. because of the fact that I didn't have my bachelor's. So that's really why I went back and then quickly realized that when I was working as a house supervisor in the, in the C-suite as a, you know, administrator that I'm like, okay, this is not what I want. I, I want to open up my own business. I want to still take care of clients, but actually make an impact.
0: Hmm. How did you change your mindset? What's something that you did to kind of get yourself out of that mindset of employee to now business owner? Because that's sometimes really hard for people to make that switch from like, I'm working for the man to I am the man. How do you make that? How did you make that switch in your career? I think Everybody's different.
1: My personal switch was when I realized that I was nothing but a number. When you're there, but then when you're not there, I mean, you can, they'll forget about you in a second. Personally, in 2018, I had lost my son and I was at the same time. So when he was sick in the hospital, it was, when are you coming back? Not that, oh, how's your son doing? Is he okay? It was like, hey, we're short and we need you to come back to work. And, you know, from then I started thinking about it. I was just like, you know, I'm just nothing but a number. Something would have happened to me. I could have, they would send my family a fruit basket, then by the time the fruit basket was delivered, my job would have been on the newspaper or online to fill a spot, right? So I think since then I was thinking about a way to get away from the bedside or get away from working for the man and solely, and it's not even, there's nothing wrong with working in a hospital system or working for the man, right? Just like now I know that when I go to work, it's an, it's an, it's an option because i that, you know, if I didn't feel like going to work, if I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur, I can just be like, okay, well, here's my notice and I'm gone. You know what I mean? I love what I do in the hospital and that's why I'm there. But I realized during those trials and tribulations with my family, I realized that I was nothing but a number and that I needed to find a way to give myself that option and opportunity to do something bigger.
0: Oh, Melissa, I'm so sorry for your loss of your son. That is... Being a mom, like that is the hardest thing I can ever imagine going through, period. And your why is big. And that I think people need to take home right now is Melissa's why for why she is an entrepreneur, why she hustles like she does, is your why is huge. Your your why, and again, I talk about this all the time on my podcast, is what are your, what are you chasing after? Right. And you're chasing after and not just the coin. That's, I mean, whatever, you can always make more money. And that's one thing we learned as nurses, you can go make money, but the freedom, the security, the, you know, trusting in your skills, those things like that stuff, that's, that's the, that's the real meat and the potatoes of life is being able to go. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm not happy. I get to go do something else. And that was what, again, that I talk about on my podcast, that my son was the thing for me too. That made me go like, wait a minute. Like, I've been spending all this time at this place, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that job, but you are right. You are replaceable and you are irreplaceable in your home. Your people around you that you love are irreplaceable. So yeah, I think that's incredibly emotional. And thank you for sharing that with me because again, it is, it's the truth. It's really what we need to be chasing. And I want more nurses to have that same sense of like, I go here because I want to not because I have to.
1: And I think everybody mm-hmm. needs a why. And that's that's one thing to tell people. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to have a why. You can't just do it because it's a fad and it's cool. You have to have a why because, you know, it's not easy when you have to do things on your own. When you work in a hospital, you have to clock in and clock out, right? No call, no show, you lose your job. But here in as an entrepreneur, like you, it's it's a struggle. You have to force yourself every day to come in, whether you have people on the books or you don't have anybody here, you still have to struggle um, and make things happen on your own. There's nobody that's going to be like, well, you're supposed to clock in at 7 a.m. Where are you? Nobody's going to ask you, it's your business. If I don't show up today, I'm not going, I'm not showing up for myself. You know, I'm not, not anybody. I'm not showing up for myself if I don't come in today. So, I so you have to be able to be. You have to be able to have a why and you also have to be structured enough to show up for yourself.
0: If you can't show up for anybody else, you need to show up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Incredible. I love that. And I think that's the take home message is showing up for yourself and have a really big why as to why you're doing it because you won't keep going. And it's the same for working out, eating well. All the different things, motherhood, parenting, these are all the same concepts. They're just they're all the same theme. They're just that same work of both are hard. Both are hard. Right. So choose your hard. What's your hard gonna be? Yeah, working in a hospital is hard. And whenever you whenever you have, you know, something tragic happen, they're like, when you coming back, right. that's hard. But also it's the same thing as hard showing up for your Choose your hard. And I think that's what I hear you saying, which I love. I love that. Give me a shameless plug for your business for people to find you on. And if anybody wants to reach out, say, "Hey, I want to know how you did it. I want to know how you became a double board certified nurse practitioner. I want to know how you started your business." Give a shameless plug for you and your side and your side hustle, girl. So
1: we do have an Instagram page, Missy the ICU which the name is going to change sooner rather than later. It's going to be MRP Wellness Consulting. So what I've decided to do is take all the knowledge that I have in the business that I have and start teaching other nurses how to find their whys, help them start their own wellness clinic. So that's coming soon. So you guys can follow me on Instagram
0: and my page is at Rejuvenate You Wellness Clinic. And that. Gotcha. Perfect. And guys, check her out. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, enjoy the journey of your career. And if you have any questions, reach out to me. Reach out to her, and we'd love to just field them. And yeah, thanks for listening. Hey, Emma, I love my podcast.
1: I love bobby mama and for Dewey.
0: So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And leave me a review if you like the show. I would love to get five stars. The Dr. News podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the DrNursePodcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services.